Well, hey everyone, welcome to this season of the Gather Influence podcast. You're invited to join us in catalytic conversations designed to connect, equip, and mobilize you to be empowered to influence your world for Jesus Christ. I'm Kathy Ostapchuk. And I'm Rebecca Doner. And in this season seven of our podcast, we are having some incredible conversations with ordinary, extraordinary women who are doing all the things as they live and lead with kingdom purpose all across this great nation. So settle in and get ready for a season full of episodes that are unlike any you've heard before. Every episode brings vulnerability, real women sharing real life experience of how they're caring with clarity all the things they are called to and how to know what to let go of and when. This is your invitation to you, ordinary, extraordinary women in the middle of your lives to rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. I want to give a shout out to our stunning season seven podcast sponsors, Compassion Canada, whose mission is to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. We encourage you to consider the opportunity to interrupt poverty with hope and sponsor a child. And now enjoy this episode of season seven of the Gather Influence podcast, All the Things. Well, it's my great pleasure to welcome you all to the Gather Influence podcast today. And you know, this season is all about women who do all the things, um, but in a very extraordinary way. And we know that as women, we carry a lot. And I don't know anybody who carries as much, particularly the weight of the call in her life as my friend, Lahia Andrade. And she's a friend not only to me, but to Gather, um, bringing her voice to our Gather Voices uh, program last year, but also continuing um, to expand the sphere of influence that her life has. And so Lahia, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, Kathy, thank you so much for having me. This is such a privilege. I'm so excited to do this. I always like to go back to when we first met, whenever I'm doing a podcast, if I've met the person before. And I think we had coffee at a Starbucks in Hamilton, something like that. And you brought me these gifts. You brought me these beautiful gifts from Anew, which is the ministry that you started. And um, I was so grateful to have spent that time with you. And as always with women, I'm always surprised at the layers and the story that, you know, you would never know unless you sat down and had a coffee. So this is a coffee conversation today. We want to hear all about Lahia. And rarely do we ever come across women who just do one thing. And so many of them like yourself and the name of this podcast is like you're doing all the things so I'm wondering if you can share with all those that are listening some of the things or all of the things that you're doing as you live and lead in your life right now well I'll start off by saying that when you put it that way there is a lot that I do do I guess Uh, I think as the motions go through the day you're just serving and and you're doing the things that God has called you but uh, let's just start off by me being a wife and a mom Uh, to three beautiful children and a pup. Um, uh, That Bailey is my favorite. (laughs) Uh, But um, so I, I, you know, I'm married, I have children, but also currently I'm in a pastoral role with Village Church, shout out to Village Church. And I get to be the family ministries pastor. Uh, You mentioned it previously. I also still lead a ministry, a new ministries, which is currently on pause because we're being intentional with the season that we're in, but continue to serve that community. 
I mean, there's a lot that I do handle. I'm also very engaged with speaking and sharing the story of my life uh, that, you know, to some it may seem tragic, but God has woven his love through the fabric of my life. And so uh, being able to do that and just encourage and cheer women on by pointing them to Jesus. So that's just a little bit of a lot of things. I'm sure I'm missing a whole slew of things that I do. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I think I haven't really stopped to really think of all the things and write them down, but we just do what God calls us to do. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting statement. Some of us do, and some of us don't because it's either too scary or overwhelming or we doubt it. So what have you wrestled with most in saying yes to God in your current season? Yeah, you know, I've, I've wrestled with a lot. I mean, you and I have had conversation uh, off, obviously off record, but I think what I've wrestled most with is not falling into the trap of striving mm -hmm. and proving myself to the God that loves me for who he's made me to be to trying to seek validation through doing all the things and then labeling it the work of God. Uh, I don't believe that God has called us to just be endless busy and come at a price of your heart, your mind, um, your well-being and your peace. And so for me, uh, I've, I've, I'll be honest, saying no. Saying no has been something that I've been challenged with. I mean, going back to my childhood, I was raised to say yes to everything. Culturally, I'm Latina. I was born in Guatemala. So we are raised in the Latin culture that we are yes girls. We say yes to everything. We can help. We, we are able to do this. And if you've watched Encanto, uh, you know, there's a song in that in that Disney movie that's called Surface Pressure. And we're just we're just called to handle all the things. And so for me, what I've really been challenged is being able to say no and to add to that, being able to say no to the right things, to be able to have the energy, the space to say yes to the, the things that God wants you to do. Not every good thing is a God thing. So I, I'm learning. I'm still in that learning process, I think. Yeah, that's gold right there. I have a couple of questions then. Yeah. You know, the striving, obviously, because we are we are gifted in many ways as women, like we will do all the things that people ask us to do right or wrong, but the strength, you know, the source of strength, like how do you know personally, or how have you, what experiences have you had personally where you've become aware of like in that aha moment where, oh, I've run out of my own strength or I'm doing this in the Lord's strength. Like that's what I struggle with. Whose strength is it that I'm working in right now? Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, how do we know? I think for me, uh, how I know is that when I've lost my peace, mm. when God calls you to something, he doesn't call you to, it doesn't come at the cost of you and your heart. Wow. If I've lost my peace, if I've lost my joy, if um, Jesus isn't at the center of it, and now I'm functioning in my own strength, my own gifting, all the things that I, I, I do, then I know that this can't be a God thing. Not to say that God things are always like, super easy. Yes, he opens doors. Yes, he makes ways. And yes, it does take hard work on our end, but it comes with peace. And it's not the peace that the world offers. It's that peace that surpasses all understanding. Like, I don't even know how this is happening, but like, there's a joy in me, like there's a love. And yes, this is hard work. And yes, it's demanding to a certain extent, but when it's a God thing, it will be healthy. Wow. When it's a God thing, 
it will taste like goodness. It won't yeah. leave a bitter taste in your mouth. Yeah. And so that's for me, it's really been asking the questions. Also, I think just practically asking myself questions like, is this edifying? So mm. is this filling my cup? Is this going to bring me what, where God has placed me? Is this where God wants me? Am I doing this? My intentions always checking uh, my heart. I think you and I've had that conversation. Is this what God wants me to do in this season? Yes, it might be something God's calling to you, but it just may, might be out of time. And sometimes God things also, I think to keep in mind for me, it doesn't look like I thought it would look. <laughs> <laughs> and so being okay with, with doing the season where God has you now, but not just doing it to get to the next step but being intentional to saying, God, thank you for where you have me now. But it's that peace for me. That peace factor is huge for me. Yeah. I hope everyone listening is grabbing onto that because you could go a long time doing things in your own strength, but at some point, you know, it's not going to be sustainable. So for you to say, am I at peace right now? Are things aligned? That's, that's such a huge uh, question to ask. I'm curious as to you say, okay, you say yes to certain things, no to certain things. I feel like as women, sometimes we create expectations around our performance that it would take three people to replace us if we (laughs) ever left our role. Have you ever felt like that? And how do you manage the expectations of other people? You've answered part of that a little bit, but right now in your life, do you feel like you're doing the work of one healthy person or multiple people? You know, I, I ha, you know, I can only be honest. I, I, I think in many ways I am in a healthy place, but as I said before, I can easily fall into the trap of doing so much for so many. I think the way that I've approached that is God, what have you called me to this moment? So being present is huge right, for me right now. Mm-hmm. So if I'm home from work, uh, I'm mom. So the pastor hat comes off because I'm mom in this house. There is no pastor title. It is mom. And there's real homework and there's real boy high school problems. <laughs> and there are real bills to pay. And there are real conversations that we're having. And so being intentional to be present in the moment that I find myself. But to answer your question, I do feel I'm doing the job of many. Expectations are a funny thing because unless they're spoken out loud, then you're just setting yourself up for heartbreak. Mm. I think I'll, I'll just reference my marriage, for instance. Uh, there are expectations that I have of my husband, and it took me a little bit to pick this up. I mean, 14 years in, he's not a mind reader. So if there are expectations communicating them to him and saying, hey, these are the things that I need from you uh, in this season, uh, whether it's my boss at work, these are the things that I am going to do. And these are the things that I need. And how can I, I think having that clear communication, because otherwise you do fall into that trap of doing the job of two or three different people, because you haven't communicated what you need. Asking for help is huge. I need help. I need help in the season at home. I need help from my husband, my mother-in-law, who's hands-on here at home. Um, I need help from my team at work. And I think a lot of us fear asking for help because we equate that to not being enough. Mm. We equate to that saying, you're not going to measure up to the expectation of your role, of your calling. Um, Again, proving yourself. And I think for me, because of my childhood, whether it's subconsciously, 
I want to prove myself. I'm the girl for the job. I can do that. Oh, I can do that million things. And the thing I've had to come to realize, I can't be everything for everyone. And I'm not called to be everything for everyone. And so being able to release the things that are not for me, my kids have a saying, that's a you problem. And, <laughs> and so being able to say, you know, in this moment, being present in this time, as I'm at work, I'm not thinking about all the laundry that's waiting for me at home. And if I'm home doing laundry, I'm not thinking of that Zoom call I have next week. I think it's really training my mind to be present in the moment where I am. So, yeah, I am caring a lot, but I have to almost, I want to say compartmentalize. I think I'm mm -hmm. saying that wrong, but do you understand yeah. like being yeah. able to separate things? And so for some of us, that's hard to do that. And it's a process. Yeah. You have to train yourself to do that. Yeah. There's a couple of things from that wisdom, which is amazing. This idea of needing to prove yourself. Like, do you ever feel like you will get to a certain age where you don't need to do that anymore? Or what is it about is it a, being a female leader or just have a, having such a strong call in your life that we sometimes feel that we need to prove ourselves in environments? Can you pack yeah. that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if I'm honest with you, Kathy, I feel like I always have to prove myself because first of all, um, I'm a Latina. Mm -hmm. I'm a minority. And so when I walk into the room, the experience for me is going to be very different than for you. Um, and so that that being a woman of color uh, brings already a preconceived yeah, notion that we have to prove ourselves. We have to work a little bit harder. We've got to do just that a little bit better. So that's a being a woman. I mean, I know we talk about how far we've come and, and all the great things that, you know, women have accomplished. But the reality is just a few weeks I was confronted with the reality that as women, we have still so far to go. And so that's the, that's the next step. And so I think that I still at times feel that I need to prove myself, not from a place of worth, but just because of who I am, a woman and a Latina. And that's a hard, because I can't change those things. Mm -hmm. And so I think what I often do is surrender that at the feet of Jesus and mm -hmm. try not to have those two things bear weight on how I am as a person, how I do my role, how I raise my kids, but it does create an awareness to know that I have to better equip myself when I do walk into a room. And so um, proving myself, not from a worth standpoint, but an equality standpoint, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, we are right now, you're positioned in Canada, which is the most multicultural <laughs> country in the world, I think outside of Turkey. And so that's a reality, not only for people listening, but um, this is the country we live in, you know, so we have cultural barriers, we have gender barriers. And we had a gather voices call Monday night, and we all realized that we showed up disproportionately already caring more, <laughs> because we're women. And then the need to be in places where we do not automatically have a seat at the table we do have more to prove if that makes sense yeah so that's a really good point and it's challenging and it's hard are there days you ever want to quit <laughs> ah, all the time if I'm honest like all the time there, there it is it's true 
I mean, obviously, you know, there's very many good days in between, but there are days where I've actually had very deep. My car is my sacred place. I don't know if anyone else listening understands just the precious gift a commute can be, a good hour drive and a conversation with God. I've asked, I've said to God is you've called me to this, not why me, but God, like you called me this. So you, you need to strengthen me for this because today it was hard. Of course I want to quit um, because that's what I learned as a child. I learned that when things get hard, you walk away. I mean, that's what my mother did. That's what my father did. When we became as children became too much for them, they gave up on us. And that's how I was trained. But I also had a very strong abuelita. Mm -hmm was grandma in Spanish. And she taught us to, there's a saying that I say my team, if you're listening, you'll understand this, but cry your tears, but stay the course. Mm -hmm. And so Abuelita would always tell us, you know, it's gonna, life is gonna get hard, but you don't quit. You just keep going. And so, yes, there are days I wanna quit because I feel not enough, because I feel that I can't stretch anymore. But then I think about all the things that God has brought me through and how he's been faithful, the acts of remembering. And I mean, I encourage myself. I think sometimes we want people to, yes, it's great when people speak life into you, but there's a beauty of remembering who God has been for you and encouraging yourself and saying, God, that is who you remain. And so when I do want to quit, when I do want to give up and just throw in the towel, I have a good cry, mm -hmm. a good cup of Starbucks. Mm -hmm. I chat with my husband who also helps me remember uh, who God's called me to be. So that's a long answer to your question. There are days that I do want to give up, but the key here is that I don't mm -hmm. and not because of anything that I am, but mm -hmm. because everything he is. Yeah. The key is that you don't. Yeah. That's powerful. How hard have the last couple of years been for you? Like pandemic life, <laughs> um, new ministry role. What are some of the surprises that you didn't see coming? Yeah, you know what, uh, you know, for our family on a family level, pandemic was a great thing for us. It brought us together. It really unified us as a family unit. We got to spend time together. On a personal note, in terms of my career, I lost my previous job right before COVID. And so I knew that going into this, as I saw, as we all saw this unfold before eyes, I thought a job is not in my near future. And so obviously from a financial standpoint, but I believe that, that that season of being home with my kids, it really obligated me to trust God. And I had to just rely on who God's been and it wasn't easy. So I had, I was working really hard on a new, a new ministries and just really pouring my heart into that, just really, you know, growing a new and, you know, doing lives and blogs and website and just working at that. Um, but little did I know that God was using that ministry as preparation for, um, you know, what was to happen in the fall. And so I remember one night, I want to share this story. I was sitting at my desk, putting a blog together, and it was probably about one in the morning. And my mother-in-law came out of her bedroom because she heard the computer still going. And she's like, are you not going to bed? And I said, no, I want to finish this blog. And, and I said, you know what? I said, I wish, I pray that I would have a job someday where I could do ministry and be able to provide for my family. Mm. And then she said, well, I guess I'll just have to pray about that. Now get off to bed and did the mom thing and sent me to sleep. And, and that was just something I said, just so just openly. And little did I know that God had this 
so talking about surprises, this ministry pastoral role for me mm -hmm. in the fall and the whole time I laugh at it now God was using this ministry <clears throat> excuse me these long nights of blogging and all this creativity and vision and I mean you and I talked about that to pre prepare me for what God had uh, for me with Village Church and no I never thought in a million years did I ever think I would be a family ministries pastor, a writer. Yes. A mm -hmm. speaker, of course, a blogger, ah, anytime, mm -hmm. but a pastor. It's interesting because I'm a family ministries pastor. So here's a girl that did not have a family. Mm -hmm. Here's a girl that all she wanted every birthday was to have a mom, dad, a puppy, a, you know, brother, sister, a picket fence. But God took that girl that was abandoned, that never had a family. And now she gets to care for families of village church. I think that is the biggest surprise that I could ever, that God would use the most unqualified, and I say that with quotes, unqualified before the eyes of, I'm sure many, that that person that doesn't even know what it's like to have a family, God would place her to care for families. Yeah. And so that was the biggest surprise. The biggest surprise was to know that being still doesn't mean that you're inactive. Hmm. That waiting doesn't mean you just stand there and do nothing. Waiting means that you posture yourself in a position of worship and praise and you wait patiently on that one that will never let us down. And so those are some of the things I took away from this season. But my biggest surprise was the door that got opened uh, for this pastoral role where is where I find myself today. Well, in this season of the podcast, I know so much has changed for me in my personal life and in the life of our ministry here at Gather, and so many things have really been transformed before our very eyes. You know, the word transformation can feel like a bit of a buzzword these days. What does transformation look like? One place transformation is so evident is in the stories of former Compassion-sponsored children graduates or alumni of the Compassion Program who now, as adults, are telling their stories of how sponsorship impacted them. Rhea, originally from the Philippines, has this impactful line. Knowing someone cares for you, it changes you. Knowing someone cares for you, it changes you. Rhea's story powerfully highlights how being sponsored built Christ-like confidence in her that empowered her to take hold of a future free from poverty. And today, she's a passionate advocate for kids and sponsors a child of her own from the same community where she grew up. Martin, who grew up in Uganda, shares that compassion planted the seed of servant leadership in him. Today, that's blossoming as he works in the community and social development sector in Northern Alberta. And when asked how sponsorship impacted him, Martin states, I always knew someone had my back. Child sponsorship transforms lives. And you can find Martin and Rhea's full stories and learn more about child sponsorship at compassion.ca slash if dash only. I encourage you to go there, read these stories. I know that as a compassion sponsor myself with several children, I can attest to the transformation that I see in their lives. And as well, 
I'm transformed because I know I'm investing in something that will have eternal impact. Join us on this journey to transformation. Become a child sponsor at compassion.ca slash if dash only. That's so fascinating. And that came after you gave voice to it, after you dare to speak it aloud to say, yes. this is what I would want. So I'm not surprised by what God does, um, mm. but you were also ready. You were also ready when the door opened. You could mm. see that, okay, this is, this is the door, walk through it. Yeah. And I think there's so many women are, that are just waiting for the silver platter. Like, you know, mm. here's your life. Here's the next step. We're handing it to you and it doesn't work that way. It's a partnership with God preparing the place for you and you being prepared for the place. But I know in our conversations, we've also talked about seasons, like there are seasons mm. for certain things. Um, when you are multi-gifted as you are, Lahia, um, there's so many things you could do. Mm -hmm. And to make the choice of what you must do in the season is something sometimes we don't want to do. Like we want the dream. We want the, the things that, you know, live the life that we, we think about. But sometimes we do have to provide finances for our family. You know, our yes to God looks like that. I guess my question is, what are you dreaming of now for the next season? And how do you see, um, how do you stay content in a season that may not be all the things that you dreamed of. It checked off some boxes, but there still are dreams that you feel are left to live. So the short answer is that I, I tell myself every day and I tell God out of all the dreams and aspirations that I have for my life, which I'll share in a minute, I want your will for my life more than that. Mm because you will do infinitely more than I could ever dream or imagine. And in order to have that focus every day, I have to remind myself that he is indeed good mm. for me and he is for me and his goodness. I can't even compare, like none of us are good. Mm -hmm. So when I think of that, so all my dreams, what are my dreams for this next season? So I would love to write a book, maybe a couple you know, write a Bible study. I want to speak. I want to share my story, the things that God, I want to preach. So that is my heart to preach, to come alongside women that have called themselves timid, but it's really just fear that's holding them back that have a voice, but need to turn up the volume. I want to come and uh, pray for people. Um, I want to do conferences and workshops and teach and do retreats. And so all the things and those are dreams and aspirations. I want to be able to inspire and encourage. Those are great things. But more than those things, I want to be obedient to God. And so in this season, obedience looks like being intentional and in being a family ministries pastor at Village and the people he's entrusted to me, the families, the children, the youth, the young adults, the, the people that come to me on a Sunday for prayer, that is where God's called me. And so, yes, there's nothing wrong with the dreams that we have. And the Lord continues to open doors to be able to go speak, to be able to be on a podcast with Kathy and be able to contribute to a magazine, whatever it looks like. 
but this is where God's called me. So I think for me, recognizing that there's something in this season and instead of complaining, I'm going to embrace this process because I recognize that there were seasons back there in my life where I may have not liked what I was going through because it was hard stuff. I mean, someday we'll talk about a little bit about my story, but I recognize how that back there prepared me to be where I am today. And so more than any aspirations, more than any dreams, more than all the things that are in my heart, in my mind, I want God's will for my life. And God's will for my life right now is to be at Village as a family ministries pastor, to be a mom to a couple high schoolers and a 10-year-old kid, as they call them, and uh, to be a, a wife to my husband. That's where he's called me right now. And that has nothing to do with books. That has nothing to do with speaking. But there is something in this season that I must learn. But I think sometimes we get so focused on our final destination mm. that we miss the whole process in between. And we probably end up somewhere else. And grac graciously, God comes and realigns us to where we were supposed to be to begin with. So, yeah. yeah. There's so much wisdom there. And it's the both and. It's having the long view. Yes, I feel like in, in the future, these are things that really would capture my heart if the Lord opened the door. But right now, again, there's that steely resolve to be content in the moment. And I like to um, talk about strong choices that we make instead of being victims in our circumstances, we can make a strong choice to um, commit to the, the contentedness of the season, to commit to what God has called us to in the season. And that changes everything. When you just say, I still am running a race for that, which I'm called to do. But right now, right here, this is a choice I make to do this joyfully and obediently. It's not easy. No. <laughs> not, not at all not, not at easy all. how important it is to is it for you as a woman leader with the story that you've had with the the ministry that you're in right now um to have community a place to kind of hash some of this stuff out uh, I mean it's hard one of the things I was sharing with someone recently one of the things I've learned about um being a leader in ministry or pastoral specifically for me is that it can be a lonely place yeah um, because, you know, as pastors, as leaders, people come to us and it's such a privilege and, and, and I don't want this taken out of context, but we have to safeguard because we are there to uplift and encourage and pray over. And I think what people sometimes forget is we're human, just like everybody else. And yes, there's a calling on our lives. And so, but I've been blessed that in my walk, I've been given friendships and people who understand this. I mean, you are one of those people, mm -hmm. Kathy, we've had amazing conversations that I've walked away so encouraged that will speak life over you that that are a few steps ahead of you and can give you uh, their wisdom and their perspective. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, they will remind you who God is and who he yeah. is not. And so yeah. um, I think and, and will challenge you in a very loving way. And so, um, you know, it is it is a lonely road. But God always provides and doesn't leave you there. I think for me, the other, the other side of that is that I think I mentioned to you in our last conversation, um, for me, just being able to be a strong woman in period um, is that I don't have a strong woman role model per se. I don't have a mom to say, oh, I remember my mom, you know, she did this and, mm -hmm. you know, or I had a bolita, but it's such a different generation and, mm -hmm. and I love her. She always prays for me. Thank you, Alita, for praying. But I think God has been so good in providing those women to come alongside and really encourage me. 
But yes, it can be a lonely road sometimes, but God never leaves. And I think that's what's important. And for me, in my life, what's really carried me, and you will hear this verse every time I speak, Psalm 2710 says, although your mother or father forsake you, God holds me close. So remembering that even in those times where I can feel lonely, or I feel even discouraged, and I feel that maybe in the moment, there's no one there, that God holds me. And those are the best hands to be in the hands of God. Wow. Can you imagine yourself not being who you are now because of all of the challenges you've had in your story and your story is fascinating by the way, (laughs) and the choices, you know, that you've made in obedience, like what has that called up in you that you think otherwise wouldn't be there? Like, what are some of the gifts of the challenging journey? Yeah, I think boldness. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, if you know me, you know that I'm super <laughs> bold. <laughs> um, I'm a risk taker, but I think a lot of what I went through in my childhood and my teenage years and having to, you know, go through what I did, it obligated me. I had to be bold. I had to take risks because I was surviving and that molded me to be who I am today. I can't imagine not being who I am. I'll be honest in saying, for the most part, <laughs> I love who I am. There's something also that happened at 40 that we'll talk on another podcast, but okay, that really just something clicked. And if you are over 40, you'll get it. But I just, I embrace all the things, even the, you know, those, those things that are still in process. God is still working. I haven't made it. Um, but I am so content at who I am you know all the scars all the things because had it not been for my life I wouldn't be who I am and I dare to dream things into reality because I know who my God is and I know where he's brought me far from and I know he didn't bring me here to just leave me here and so I think for me it's the boldness um I also it's humbled me my life really humbled me if that makes sense it it was it's been so difficult and it gave me people skills I love people (laughs) and so because I had to depend on so many people and I had to always interact with people so all of my story has made me who I am and that there's nowhere no one else I'd rather be than me um for everything that God has made me loud and bold and vivacious and joyful and Yes, something's a little bossy, <laughs> but I love who God has made me because I was made in the image of God. Yeah. Now that is a message for women everywhere. How important is it to love yourself, to show yourself compassion, to, to be comfortable in your own skin? It is the most important because we're asked to love our neighbor as ourself. Mm-hmm. And if that has been a command we've been given, that means that we've got to love ourselves well before we can love anyone else. And that includes your spouse, your children, Mm -hmm. whoever, in any relationship. So it is so important to love us and not from a place of pride and not understanding Mm -hmm. that we're still a work in progress and that there's things that God needs to redeem, but from a place of gratitude, God, thank you for making Mm -hmm. me who I am. Thank you, God, for, you know, for a long time, I hated that I was so bold that I was so outspoken and loud and I was always told to tone it down. But I got to tell you that I love who I am, that when I walk Mm -hmm. into a room, you know, I'm there. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I love that because that's who God is. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying to anyone that's listening today, if you're struggling uh, to really embrace who God has made you to be, uh, that is just a tie that the enemy will use to hold you back from the purpose God has for you because you are on purpose for a purpose and God made you exactly who you are for a particular set of people uh, for this time. And I know we use that expression like for such a time as this, but it is exactly mm-hmm. this time that God has called you. We have to embrace the good and the things that God is still working out. Yeah. So have you received opposition to who you are from people that look at you and go, oh, wow. Like she's so, you know, gifted. She's got so much going on. She can, she can preach, she can lead, you know, what if, what's it like to receive criticism for that? Well, it's painful. I'm honest. It hurts. Um, Yeah, I I have. And the worst part is that many times it's not outspoken. Mm -hmm. I sometimes wish people just say what they were thinking, like, okay, just say it. But a lot of times it's just body language. It's Mm -hmm. people will smile and nod and you know, like what they possibly can be thinking. But I try not to focus on that. That is a them and God problem. That yeah. that's not, I can't fix that. And yeah. so what I focus on, and I tell my kids all the time, is that we are called to love. And I mean authentic not love, not rolling my eyes, okay, fine, but really authentically. I will never change who I am unless God asks me to. And so if you're going to be that way with me and you're going to see me that, you know, not before me, I'm still called to love you. Uh, because I know I focus on the people that are for me. I, I focus on God first, my husband, my mother-in-law, my friends that are for me. And so I, I try not to make the opposition uh, the fuel that lights my fire hmm. because Such, then you're just proving yourself. Yeah. I hear people say, oh, I'm going to show them and I'm going to prove that yeah. you don't need to prove yourself, girl. You don't. No. Oh, it takes so much energy to keep proving yourself. No. Yeah. Such you are good enough. Words. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I can... I can vouch for you being a woman of prayer. We've sat in prayer rooms together and you do have the gift of prayer and have encouraged like hundreds, hundreds of people and the gift of preaching. I mean, last year in the Gather Voices platform, in that three minutes, you brought the word, you know, with fire. And so I just affirm those gifts on you, you. and and pray that um, there are more open doors. I mean, we're in a country that is still wrestling with how do we feel about women bringing these strong gifts to the church, you know, to build the kingdom. But I just pray that uh, God will continue to open doors for you. So if people want to know more of your story or find you on social or know, know more about a new, the work you do at village, or just you as a person in your life and want to follow up on some of this wisdom, where can we find you? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Instagram, which is where currently I have most activity at a new underscore ministries. Um, That's where you can get all the updates on what's going on in ministry life and some of my personal uh, Mm -hmm. life. And just you can find a link to my story there and uh, send me a DM. I'm always for connecting with people. I mean, if you know me and you're listening to this, you know, I will meet you for coffee, although I don't drink it. And that's a story for another day. There are so many for another day stories. Yes. <laughs> we need more time, more coffees together. Well, Lahia, I think there's so much gold in this conversation. Um, you know how important it is to hang out with women who are ahead of you in the journey. And I always feel like, you know, 
I love the next generation of women, but I also know that sometimes until your first number changes to four and you actually are 40, that's when women start to really come into themselves. Mm -hmm. When all of these, you know, you talk about the compartments of your life, when they all start to align, I see it like um, the wheel, you know, a bike wheel where you've got all these spokes, you're doing all these things, but God is putting this rim around and once that rim is complete, then you just move forward with such great momentum. I mean, um, Joshua was 80 before he really got into the promised land. Not that you have to be 80, <laughs> but you have stewarded, I think, the, the joy, the pain of your life, your story, uh, your culture, your gender. You've stewarded all so well, and you're mm -hmm. making strong decisions, strong choices, uh, strong beliefs. Um, about how you're going to move forward. I have no doubt that I think your impact is going to grow. We're so grateful for you at Gather. You're going to be with us at Gather Rise. Yay, um, yes. And I'm excited about that November in Calgary. But just for your voice in our nation at this time, um, it's important. Thank you for staying the path. Thank you for not quitting. Um, thank you for showing us what it's like to be obedient. And I often say, you know, when people are asking so much of you, like, who's asking? Is it the church? Is it like, is it God? And you're like, I, I'm learning. I'm discerning the voice of God in my life and saying yes to that. So that's powerful. Any last word of wisdom before we leave you? Yeah, I think you talked about strong decisions. My encouragement to all of you listening and to myself today is that our strength, that strong decision wouldn't be rooted in our own strength, but in the one that knows everything, holds everything, and is the creator of everything and wants what's truly best for us. So when we make that strong decision today, whatever that looks like for you, that you would invite God in and that you would go to God first as your first course of action and not make him your last resort. Wow. That is what it means to be in a, just a true disciple, a true follower of Christ, not following culture, not following, right. you know, the loudest voice and what other th people think you should be, but who Jesus has called you to be. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Lahia. Uh, your wisdom um, has inspired me today. And I'm sure all those that are listening are going to put this, uh, podcast on repeat. There's so much good in it. Thank, Thank you, you so Kathy. much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gather Influence podcast and leaning into the stories of ordinary yet extraordinary women doing all the things as they live and lead with kingdom purpose across our nation. We are deeply grateful to our season seven sponsorship partner, Compassion Canada, and encourage you to not miss the opportunity to reach out and sponsor a child and release a child from poverty in Jesus name. You can find out more by checking out compassion.ca slash if dash only. And keep tracking with us on social at Gather Women, on our website at gatherwomen.com where you will find all the show notes for this season, our exciting programs to connect, equip and mobilize women across Canada and to register for Gather Rise Genesis taking place February 4th, 2023 in Calgary, Alberta. This week, we trust you will rise in purpose and influence your world. We're here to serve you and believe in you. Until next time, God bless.